You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. The Geeked Podcast is your weekly energy boost of the world's fandoms and stories you love. Hosted by Princess Weeks, author, YouTuber, and connoisseur of all things Sailor Moon and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Tessa Netting, actress, musical theatre nerd, and lover of all fictional villains. Mm, each week they will break down the top stories in the land of geekdom and then take a deep dive into the lore of Netflix worlds bigger than our own. Worlds like Stranger Things, Ooh. The Umbrella Academy, oh, lovely. of course The Witcher, yes. and many more. This podcast is a must-listen for anyone who is scouring Twitter feeds and fan wikis dying to theorise and talk about their new show that they are obsessed with. New episodes of The Geeked Podcast come out weekly. Follow The Geeked Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to follow at Netflix Geeked on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Harmonize with me and hold me tight All through the night, you're shining bright I'm your oyster, baby, you're my pearl Bills, what is it, Tom? Michael's here. Michael, we're very excited to have you here. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Happy um, to be here. It's been a while since I've seen you. Yeah, man. The last And time... you've never seen me. I've yeah, never, never well, seen Billy. Just on the big screen. <laughs> the last time we were supposed to hang out, you had invited me to... Now, I might be getting this wrong, but was it a Hawaiian influence oh party at your house? Was it, it Hawaiian? Was a, it was a tiki party, yeah. And that was the last party that we had before the pandemic at the mm. house. And there was like... I don't know, three, four hundred people there. It was, wow. it was insane. We had yeah. a tiki band and all that, and it was sort of the party to end all party as it as it ended up. Being. As it yeah. as it did end up. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. seem to remember the ticket was kind of like maybe like a, a damsel in distress running away from a volcano or something like that, and it was like Hawaiian influence. Yes, thing, yeah, right? it was a whole tiki. My, you have to understand, I have a whole tiki bar in the backyard, and the Do whole thing. Really? Oh yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Yes, oh. it's kind of like uh, visiting some corner of. Adventureland that you've never been to. I regret Did, not being in town for that party. Well, you should have gone in my stead. Yeah, well, if, I, if I'd been invited, I would have done. Yeah. Maybe well, there will be another one. Maybe next well, time. I'd like to come. We need, we need like the comeback party, so we got to do that. That's so, true. Yes, so we'll do it. Did you didn't do the music for the tiki thing in Disney, did you? No, no, no. That was the Sherman Brothers. Oh, was it? Sherman Brothers back in the uh, 60s or late 50s, probably. I mean, you've done almost everything, Michael. Your resume is, I would say, up to now the most impressive resume that we've had on the show. Read it out, Tom. Well, I mean, I don't even need to read it. Just no, read a little bit. I'll just tell it. you a few things, right, Bill? Right. Um, up, which we'll get into up at some point because that's that's almost transcended the work that you've done in that film and has, it has like a life of its own. That, that it does have a life of its own. It really does. I um, said to Dom when we were talking about you coming, I said, even if you've only did that, like yeah. not even all of that movie, yeah. but just one tune yeah. from that movie, I would be happy with that. Yeah, oh. extraordinary. Obviously, yeah. Carry on, the, Dom. Well, the iconic music from Lost, the openings. Um, I don't know if you remember the opening music for Lost, but it went like this. Boom. That was it. I, I oh yeah, they took pretty one of much the, right. They, that was the ending. They took one of the drum hits boom. from one of the sessions, and yes, boom, put that on there. That was lost. Yeah, Star Trek, of course, the recent Star Trek films, yep. um, the Incredibles, Inside Incredible. Out, which again we'll get into. 
Uh, Coco, which uh, I love Coco. Almost oh, ended in Michael. Uh, um, did you work on Super 8 as well? JJ Super 8? Yeah, Super 8, yeah. I'll tell you some more things here, um, Bills. The, all the Mission Impossible films recently, Jurassic Park, or Jurassic World, um, Star Trek. What else yeah. am I missing out? Ratatouille, my yeah. God. Uh, Planet of the Apes, Zootopia, Star Wars, Rogue Nation, Spider-Man, No Way Home. The recent The Batman film, which we'll talk about as well. Just and that, Jurassic Park, oh, Jurassic World Domination, which is Dominion. It's the newest one. Which has not come out yet. All three of them, but, but the newest one comes out in July, I think. And yeah. the recent Thor, Love and Thunder, yes. which has not come out. Yes. Your resume is insane. This is a good guest. <laughs> and we met during, um, when, when I was um, on that TV show, Lost. Yeah. Now, you wrote not only the very, very short kind of clipped, almost like joke-like theme tune to the song, right? Because everyone well, was Well, like, there was two things on Lost. There was the opening sort of like, ooh, thing. Now yeah. that, that, JJ did that at home. On a synth. On a synth, yeah. yeah. And that was that. And then the boom thing was just taken from boom. one of our sessions. We had it, and it was a big drum right. that we used. It was the end of some cue. And I think Brian Burke was the one who was like, oh, that, that should be the thing we use for the... Oh, amazing. Yeah, so that was that. And uh, that show was one of my favorite shows I ever worked on. Yeah. I and mean, just incredible. We were doing a music quiz, Billy and I, a few months ago now. And we were scrolling through a few things and Billy's saying, do you know this? Do you know that? And Billy played me a song mm. from something. And I went, oh, wait, wait, I know this. I know this. It's a sad moment in a, in a TV show. Uh, some, one of the characters dying, I think. Billy's like, yeah, yeah. I went, no, I can't think. It was when Charlie dies in Lost. He was like, you, you probably should know that. You should probably yeah, know that. Yeah. You should pro yeah, but yeah. it's like 15 years. If you don't know that Charlie died in Lost, it's 15 years. It's fine. You, 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 you're, the people, are, they, you know, yeah. they sow what they weep. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so been what a they long reap, enough. Reap, reap. It's been a long <laughs> enough time for that. And you and I share a good friend, JJ. And what I've noticed with JJ over the years, I mean, this is true of all, all friends. If, if you really want to have a fun conversation with him, Ask them to talk about something that they're passionate about. Yeah. And his would be music. JJ is obsessed with music. Yes, right? he is I obsessed mean, with music. Actually, I'll tell you, since... the first time I met JJ, uh, so you have to understand, I was working in video games at that time. I was scoring video games. I did a game called, um, I did The Lost World, Jurassic Park, this video game, a PlayStation game. And then I did a follow-up uh, Medal of Honor. Ooh. So those games were out in the world. I was trying to get a job working in television scoring TV shows, right? Because I, I just wanted to kind of, build and move and do more things but no one would hire me nobody everyone kept saying uh, and i did a million interviews but they would all say no you know video games aren't like tv you can't possibly know how to do this and even though those projects were both like helmed by uh steven spielberg was producing them because he was they were his movies and yeah. and, and he was really into them and uh, that didn't matter. So I was sitting there one of these days and i was just kind of depressed because i couldn't get anywhere couldn't get anything and i got this email from this guy named JJ. And I was like, who is this? And he's like, hey, my name is JJ Abrams. Um, I uh, just, I wrote Armageddon and regarding Henry, I'm about to do a new TV show for ABC. And I was wondering if you'd want to come in and talk about doing the music for it. I love the music you do on the games. So I was like, what? I thought somebody was joking with me. I thought it was like, you know, someone screwing. And I, but I called the number. He answered the phone and he's like, hey, do you want to come in this week? So I went over, I went over to Disney. I got in, I, I walk into his office and we start talking. We start talking about synths and different things. And he went, 
you know, off the charts. He loves that stuff. So he's like, well, come here. So we went into this other room where he had all his keyboards set up and we started messing around with that. Yes. Right, right. Pull this thing out. Pull that in there. Pull that in there. Started talking about all that. So in the middle of talking about that, this woman comes in for him to look at and make sure that the hair was good and the costume was fitting and everything because they were going to start shooting, I think, in a day or two. And that was Jennifer Garner. And I, I, at the time, I had no idea who Jennifer Garner was. And I was right. like, and then, and then um, Bradley came in as well. A couple minutes later, he would come, he came in and he, and all these people who are now just like, you know, huge and massive. This, this day that I met JJ was like also meeting all these other people in the cast. And I ended up on the show. And then that's kind of how that wow. all went crazy. From yeah. There, I remember know? saying to JJ and, and cause I have a couple of synths that I mess about with at home. In fact, JJ set me up with the whole setup with a, with a Moog. He was like, do you have a Moog? I said, no. I said, okay, I'm sending you some stuff. Sent me a Moog, mm-hmm. sent me some other little contraptions that you can attach to your Moog to make it sound different and all this kind of stuff. And then we were talking one day cause I've seen that suite of his that's yeah. just wires. It's and crazy. if you unplug one thing, it makes a different sound and then you plug it back in again. And I said to Jay, does it not, slightly frustrate you that maybe you find a so- uh, found a sound and then if you unplug one wire that sound might disappear forever and jj said no that's the thing i like the most about this process is maybe you're creating a sound via the synth that has never been heard before and yeah. may never get heard again that's right and you just have to have the moment yep which is a beautiful kind of lesson in art it's know? a great thing but i mean in, for the guys that used to do that all the time you know they'd have sheets and tracks and they would write down mm-hmm. every number this goes to that this goes to that it was like you know puzzle pieces it was mm. it's insane but that stuff is fun super so, fun so what is your musical background then Michael? my musical background is piano lessons Right. As a From, kid. Just to, but but not like intense piano lessons. Right. Like like the guy down the street, Mr. Coletti, taught me piano. And Since five years old, sort of thing. I would say from like six to mm-hmm. maybe twelve or thirteen. And then maybe I went back for a little bit when I actually was interested in it. Mm. Because at that time I was just like, Oh, he had to go take piano lessons. Yeah, I was like, work, yeah. take a piano. I hated practicing, hated all that. And then there came a time when I started getting more interested in music and I was like, you know, I'm gonna go back to Mr. Coletti and take some lessons with him. Now I'm much older. Yeah. Went back down there and I started asking him. The thing I wanted to know was like, I understood I could pick out a melody on the piano and that was fine. Like I yeah. could play Star Wars, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but what I didn't understand was what was happening underneath all of that. And I, that, that, and he goes, oh, you mean like chord progressions? I'm like, I don't know, maybe. Mm-hmm. And he goes, it's like this. So you start on a C, you go to an F, you go to that, that. And I started doing that. And I was like, oh my, that like blew my mind. Mm. It blew my mind because you could change the character of anything by the chords you put underneath it. Okay. So any melody could become either say happy or melancholy or, or just terrifying or whatever it is, depending on what you do, what the support you give it. Mm. So that to me was fascinating. Now, that was just more of like me very interested in music. I was never on a path to become a film composer. Yeah. Never thought that's what I'd be doing. I thought I'd be... It depends on when you ask me. If you asked me when I was a kid, I would have been building models and blowing them up for movies, you nice. know, like yeah. in, in, a, in a special effects department somewhere. Yeah. That's what I loved. So I was thinking I would work in special effects and then, and I made movies all my life growing up. That's all I did was make movies. Right. So I have tons of movies. So I just wanted to make movies. Uh-huh. Music I kind of fell into and it just sort of like took over everything. And, uh, and before you know it, like 20 years go by and you, you know, all these movies and all this stuff. And you're like, wow, that is not at all, at all what I thought I'd be doing. Right. You know, no idea. Cause I didn't go to a conservatory. I didn't do all that. I ended up 
studying so much on my own. Once I really got more serious about it and kind of interested, it was really a hobby. And I would write music on weekends and that night. And, um, and I read every book I could. I took some classes at Juilliard. Didn't, I didn't quite fit in there. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime you try to write, write a melody there, they would smack your hand like the nuns would smack. You know, it was yeah. just like, no, it's not about this. It's about exploration and atonal and figuring out new textures and sounds. I was like, I just want to write a melody. I just want to, you know. So I didn't, it didn't go that great for me over there. I appreciate the time there, but it was like not for me. When I moved out to L.A., you know, my main job at that time was working in publicity. And I was an assistant in the publicity offices of Disney. Right. So I was on the Disney lot working there. And then I'd go to school at UCLA at night and learn orchestration and arranging and all of that stuff. Uh, again, at that point, I started thinking, well, maybe this is something I could do. I don't know. Um, and then the video game, <laughs> it's such a long, crazy thing. So That's I went from the publicity, then I got a job producing video games for Disney as a producer. And then eventually they started asking me to write music for those video games. So it was like Maui Mallard, it was Gargoyles, it was Pocahontas, a little bit of that, or, you know, uh, some stuff on Lion King. It was like, it was crazy. So I was setting up a small studio in a space like this. Um, and I started writing music for them and then did the same thing over at DreamWorks. I was producing video games, but also writing music for them. And eventually I was like, can I just write the music? Do I have to produce the video games? And they were like, I said, I would love to quit and just work at home and do this. And they were like, great. So that's when I did Lost Worlds, when I did Medal of Honor. And then there's like five Medal of Honors. And then I also did Call of Duty and all these other video games that are, you know, um, sort of these crazy big games of their time. But yeah. at that time, I was just thinking in the same way I was thinking, how am I going to get from video games to TV? Once I got into television, I was like, how am I going to get into movies? I want to do movies. I want to score movies now. That was the same thing. No one would hire me because, you know, television's very different from, right. you know, uh, you couldn't possibly understand what it's like to score a film. You do television, and that's a very different thing. And I was like, okay. But uh, on Alias and on Lost, as you know, we did full, full orchestra mm. every week. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom for every episode. And it was a grind, but it was yeah, great. It was so great to work with the musicians who are the greatest in the world, you know every week. Uh, so that was such a great training ground for me. And the thing that sort of changed it all was Brad Bird, when uh, Disney was, or Pixar was doing The Incredibles, they had hired John Barry at first, you know, and he was supposed to be on that film. And for whatever reason, that didn't work out. So they had spent all their money. They mm-hmm. were looking for a new composer, but they had no money. And so since uh, Lost and Alias, mainly Alias is a Disney property. The people at Disney said, oh, we're working with this young guy who's been doing this show. Maybe that'll work. And so they sent all of the stuff up to Brad. I also had another friend independently who gave stuff to the editor uh, for him to play because he would put it into the cut. And then Brad would be like, well, what is this music? What is this? And they were like, oh, this is one of Teddy's friends, my friend Teddy Newton. Um, And he's like, well, let's meet him. So I went up, met Brad. And then that that sort of sealed the deal for movies. So, so, but that was a movie that I thought every inch along the way I was going to get fired because right. I was like, I had no yeah. right to be sitting up there doing a Pixar movie a after project. people like, you know, Randy Newman and Thomas Newman had been scoring their movies. Yeah. You know, you're just like, so I never ever thought that would have, I would have survived that process, but I did thankfully. Yeah. And, uh, and it was a blast and I became best friends with Brad Bird, who's 
just one of the greatest. You should talk to Brad. You yeah, should. he should get us a job, shouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love that. He says, uh, love yeah. to work with Pixar. Uh, Using the internet without ExpressVPN, that's like walking your dog in public without a leash. Now, some of the time that might be okay, but there might come a day when your dog will run away, or even worse, get dog-napped. Imagine it, terrible. Anyway, it's better to be careful, especially when it's as simple as using ExpressVPN. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network, whether it's a cafe, hotels, airports, wherever, your online data is not secure. Any hacker on the same network can gain access and steal all your personal data. But ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that they can't steal it. It would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. That's a long time. And ExpressVPN works on all your devices, your phone, your laptop, your tablet, even your smart TV. And it's super easy to use. It's an app and you click one button and you're protected. When I'm in a hotel, airport, wherever, I never use the internet without ExpressVPN, especially when I'm doing something on the banks or credit cards. Keep it secure. And you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN free at expressvpn.com slash onion. That's expressvpn.com slash onion. expressvpn.com slash onion. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Guys, it's been a rough couple of years. I think a lot of people have experienced burnout. I know I have too. And burnout isn't always associated with being busy too much at work or having a crazy life. Sometimes it can just be due to the fact that there's a lot going on right now. The news is a stressful thing to watch and we could all take a little bit of time just to kind of relax maybe have our life feel a little bit less overwhelming and just enjoy ourselves a little bit. BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. For me, it always really helps to just have someone to talk to and that's the whole deal with BetterHelp. You can access these people online, super easy, and they can provide some therapy to get you through those tougher times in our day. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you'd have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com onion. But isn't that the the weird thing, isn't it? When you when you take that step to uh, wh- whether you call it a step up, but a step to somewhere else, somewhere else, you feel like I'm not worth it. We've been talking about yes. this for the last imposter few syndrome. weeks. Exactly. This imposter syndrome that a lot of people have. Yes, and you forget that somebody has to do it. Someone somebody has to do it. Doing it. Well, what you eventually realize. And it takes some time and it takes some trust as you realize nobody knows anything. Right, right. Nobody We're knows all anything. Still figuring it out, right? Everyone is just doing their best guess. Right. You know what I mean? At that moment, At that moment I'll make this. Yes. Like when you get 
as you're talking about melodies, your melodies are just incredible, by yeah. the way. Oh, if we thanks. can just say, but like, if you can pick out that melody, yeah, then everything else will work out. Yes, exactly. As you're saying about putting the different chords down, yep. you went to UCLA to learn orchestration. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing that you did that. Yeah, and even there must have been something in the back of your mind that you're like, no, exactly. This and is. Sort of going somewhere. And I've always like gone after things, but with the thought in my mind that it's probably never going to work yeah. out. You know what I mean? Like you know, the, if, if, the less you expect, the, that the happier you can stay. Yeah. You know. But I think that realization that once you realize that everyone at every point in whatever they're doing is just trying to figure it out, just like you. Mm -hmm. There's a freedom in that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then you become comfortable failing. I'm okay. Look. Failure is the thing you shoot for because it means you're trying for something, Brilliant. right? Yeah. It means you're trying for something. Right. So uh, if you fail, the, the worst that can happen is you learn something. Right. You learn from it. Um, but every, you guys too, I, I, all of us, like whatever, we're no better than almost, you know, than anybody else around. Like sure. everyone, you've just been given the opportunity and you delivered on it and you continue to get to do that. So. Right. It's yeah, we a, fail. Uh, we fail all the time. You especially. Yeah, I fail most days. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. It's and true. I'm trying. I'm trying to teach that to my son just now, who's mm -hmm. very into music just now. He's, he's yep. playing everything, and I'm just like, don't be afraid to like, you yeah. know, sing awfully or mm -hmm. or play the wrong thing and yes. try that chord. That, just because someone said that chord doesn't fit, there might you try it. Yeah, there are no wrong chords, right? There's yeah, no just... rules to anything. That's what's so great about art. There's no yeah, rules. Exactly. You know, and when everyone likes to impose these rules or they have these self-imposed rules, but it's all BS. And yeah. you just go for what makes you feel happy and what feels right to you. Yeah. That's all you can do. Yeah. You know, the second you try to do what you think someone else would do, you're dead in the water. For yeah. sure. You know. Let me can we just ask you a little bit about Pixar? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it it's always felt like to me that music is especially important for Pixar. Yeah. That they almost have a a very established ethos over at Pixar. You know, obviously, the, the, we know the thing about tugging on the heartstrings in terms of the script and also the complement of the music. But would it be fair to say that Pixar take their music a little bit more seriously than than other places? Yes, they do. They do, and that's why I love that place. I think they take everything more seriously right. than other places. Right. You know, the thing about Pixar is that I love the most is that those characters are treated as if they are real people. Mm. You know, every character you work with is treated as if it was a real person in your world. You know, when I when I work on everyone always says, oh, my, uh, cartoons, it must be that must be easier than scoring like a live action. You know, like it's the exact same thing, mm. because whether I'm scoring a scene where you're getting strung up and hung <laughs> and lost, mm. you know, like a, in a real situation, or if I'm dealing with Remy, who is the rat who is just trying to figure his life out, like mm -hmm. they're both characters and they're both real and they both deserve to be treated as real characters. Mm. So much animation treats them as jokes, yeah. treats them as just a, like a puppet or something, yeah. you know, and a silly, a, a two dimensional, silly sort of thing. Whereas, uh, Pixar has a very different approach to it, and it's it happens to fit in exactly how I feel about scoring, which is whatever's on that screen, treat it as if it's real, and and try to empathize with how would you feel if you were that person or that rat or mm -hmm. that whatever mm -hmm. you know fish doesn't matter uh, because ultimately they're 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 telling human stories, but through these these crazy characters, mm -hmm. whether it is the fish or the rat or whatever. Um, and it's just treating them like humans. And I think that that respect that they have, um, 
is 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 part of what you're talking about. That yeah. respect for the characters yeah. is is everything. And and just to just to kind of break down a little bit the practicalities of what you do. Let's say for the example of Pixar, do you get delivered a, a, a cut of the movie and they say, "Hey, Michael, we need a minute and a half here. We need three minutes here. We need the closing song here." Like, how does that work for you? Basically, I'll go up there and I'll sit and we'll watch it together right you know and we'll watch the whole thing waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30 percent in 2023 if you're in a bind this tax season lifelock can help our u.s-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues and all lifelock plans are backed by the million dollar protection package so we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. And then what we'll do is kind of go through it again, but we'll stop and start. And we'll discuss, I think music should start here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they may say we want music here. And I may say, I don't think you should have music there. Or it could be the opposite. They, I would say, I don't think you need it. They say, so it's a discussion throughout the whole thing because right. we're trying to figure out what's the art. Because music, Brad, I remember when, when Brad first hired me for The Incredibles, it was like this arduous, long process. And I did demos and all of this crazy stuff. And, uh, but when they finally hired me, he called me up and he was like, okay. Chikino, you got the job. And he goes, I just, and I was like, that's amazing. Thank you so much. This is like crazy. And he was like, no, hold on, hold on. He goes, I just have to tell you something. I want you to know that your music could ruin my movie. Right. And I was just like, all this joy just went to like, oh my God, what I get myself into here? What's going on? And he was like, just, just," he goes, bear with me. He goes, what I mean is if your music isn't following the same story that I'm telling at every step of the way, if we are not holding hands the entire time, Mm -hmm. the audience is going to start thinking things that we don't want them to think. They're going to start feeling things we don't want them to feel and they'll get distracted and then they'll get, they won't pay attention to the story. So you and I have to always discuss and figure out and just stay together and make sure we're telling the story the way it needs to be told Mm -hmm. because music can completely ruin a movie. And I've seen it just i'm hypersensitive to it mm-hmm. so almost everything i watch is is so easily just like ruined by one wrong thing mm-hmm. for me because i'm like it takes you out of the moment and it's a subconscious thing too mm-hmm. even if you don't know about music or how this all works when you're watching something and something doesn't feel right it could be any number of things but in large large amount of the times it's because it's the wrong music playing under mm-hmm. a particular scene it's either pushing too hard mm-hmm. or it's or it's not pushing hard enough mm-hmm. or it's big when it should be soft or soft when it should be big and those are all these crazy you can't just write a piece of music and throw it behind something sure. and expect it to work it's got to evolve and ebb and flow in the same way that the the writer has taken the time to do with the script and the story or mm-hmm. the storyboard artists mm-hmm. uh, who are also a huge part of the story uh, process up at Pixar I've seen little clips of the original Star Wars uh, film, A New Hope, without music. Yeah. And it's terrible. It's crazy, right? It's just yeah. terrible. There's yeah. no drive. There's no drama. Yeah. It feels much more kind of 
cheap and homemade, right. and then Williams brings in this orchestral, dramatic space opera thing. He's a great storyteller too. Yeah. John was is one of the best sort of like uh, uh, he can he can zero in on those emotions so well, better than anybody. And uh, and that's really, I mean, I learned so much of that just by watching the movies he scored, Ooh. by listening to his music and seeing how, what I used to do is I would take my tape recorder to the movie theaters, so I would go see. Raiders of the Lost Ark or Empire Strikes Back, whatever it was, and I would record the whole movie. And I would, at night, uh, listen to it under my pillow on a tape recorder, and I would just, every night, that's what I would do. And I would listen to the wow. movie, and I, looking back, I'm reali I realized that I learned so much doing that, just by understanding how the music works with the story. Like, you don't have the visuals to, yeah. to distract Ooh. you. You can concentrate just on how the music and it wasn't anything I was doing at the time, you know, figuring it out. It was just I look back and all of those times listening to how music works with words, how it works with sound and all of that. And it was such a, an enlightening experience. I, I think that it, it helped me immensely just Ooh. by, you know, pirating all those movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in the process then, are you always brought in when it's a finished visual? No, it's always different. Like a right. lot of the Pixar stuff, uh -huh. when I start on it, all a lot of it could be storyboards still Ooh, wow. you know yeah like i i just finished lightyear so lightyear's going to be coming out soon and yeah. um and when i started working on that there was a lot it was a mix of boards of what they call previs which is sort of just you know some of the action on uh rendered out in 3d but not lit and not no details or any of that yeah. characters walking around with their arms straight out yeah. so it's very strange looking stuff um but a lot of times i'll start on in that uh when it looks like that um so but I do like to at least see a version of the movie before yeah. I start writing for it. Because I find that if I start writing for something, in most cases, Batman was different. But in most cases, I will wait till I see it before I write something. Right. Okay. You know, because when you read a script, you tend to envision your version of that movie. Yeah. Right? When you're reading something. And then you get on set or you, 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 you see the final thing that they made and you're like that's nothing like no. what i envisioned yeah, and yeah. then you're and i've wrote all this music yes this, and now nothing no, no, works like right. yes so i don't i don't do that because that's just double work um so i usually wait to see something and see what the tone is and what they're going for and trying to align with that mm. um but so, batman was different so the batman which i've just watched you saw a couple of days late. ago didn't you i was yeah. late to it and it, it's brilliant i loved it oh thanks I, it's, it's really and the music's incredible mm. thank you so I, why was that different um, that was different because Matt Reeves, uh, gave me the script to read and he was like, read it. Cause I want to, and it wasn't read it because here's what we're making. It was read it. Tell me what you think. If there's anything, to, you know, right. give me notes. Um, so I was like, okay. So I read it and I loved it and it was amazing. And I, it felt like, uh, I was like, how are you going to make this movie? It's so sprawling and epic and, and not in an action way, but in a character way, like yeah. it's crazy. Like he, Matt is one of my favorite directors to work with. Matt is incredible and he's very intense and he goes deep as he can on the storytelling. But when I read that script, I got such a vibe for what he was doing and after talking about it with him that I, I went ahead and wrote um, that theme for that, you know, that's, that's in the movie. Mm -hmm. And that was... And that's uh, just from reading it. Just from reading it, yeah. Anything, right? and, I, and I was just sitting, after I read it, I remember going to the piano in the living room and just messing around and coming up with that thing and just being like, oh, yeah, this feels like Batman. Like I remember thinking in my head, like if I were Batman, if I were wearing that suit and I'm like stalking, what would that feel like? Mm. Like what, how, what kind of tension would that be in my head? And what is that emotion 
sound like, mm. you know, musically. And that's where just came up with that, that motif for him. And uh, we, that was written and we recorded a version of it like almost two years before the movie wow. was finished. Hiring right now is hard. No one is more committed to helping businesses than Indeed. That's why they're giving away $50 million in Indeed-sponsored job credits to help businesses like yours hire great people fast. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. Indeed saves you headaches. You can interview virtually with no downloads, plugins, or purchases, and you can do it all in one place with Indeed. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Sign up for Indeed now and get $75 credit towards your first sponsored job, plus earn up to $500 extra in sponsored job credits with Indeed's virtual interviews. Visit indeed.com onion to learn more. Claim your credits at indeed.com onion. Indeed dot com slash onion terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed now we're all trying to eat better we're all trying to get healthier and that's a good thing we we should but that doesn't mean we've got to have a boring breakfast no we can still eat fun stuff and it can be healthy like magic spoon cereal it's really great stuff if you like cereal, like I do, that cold milk on your cereal in the morning, oh, it's lovely. But with Magic Spoon, you don't get all the rubbish and all the sugar. It's actually very, very good. So if you're trying to cut down on sugar and carbs and unhealthy food, this is the stuff for you. I'll give you some facts. 13 to 14 grams of protein and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. The honey nut flavor has only got one gram of sugar. Only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly. It's gluten-free. It's grain-free, soy-free, and it's low-carb. Build your own box. There are nine available flavors, and they are all fantastic. You've got cocoa, fruity, frosted. I love the frosted. Peanut butter, cookies and cream, maple waffle, blueberry muffin, cinnamon roll, and honey nut. And even more exciting, Magic Spoon has just brought back their cereal bars. They were so popular brought them back permanently. It's a perfect, convenient, on-the-go companion for your cereal. So go to magicspoon.com slash onion to grab your custom bundle of cereal. And be sure to use our promo code onion at checkout. You'll save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash onion and use the code onion to save $5 off. There was also a time when I worked with the Wachowskis 
who are, who are both amazing. Mm-hmm. And they said, um, we would like you to write the score for the movie before we shoot it. And this was for Jupiter Ascending. And, uh, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. They were like, you know, because when you're making a movie, you use and you're editing it together. They use what they call temp music, which basically yeah. is just any music from anywhere you got, just rip it off a CD. And right. it could be from uh, any movie. They could be the movie from I mean, music from Star Wars and to whatever. Um, so they, they're like, we hate using temp music because it's like putting on somebody, others, somebody else's clothes. Right. It doesn't really ever fit right. And you have to work your butt off to trying to get it to look good or feel good or sound good. And they're like, so we thought if you could write the score before we shoot the movie, yeah. then we could just edit to that. And I was like, okay. So I went ahead and I re- recorded like, I don't know, 80 or 90 minutes of music. Uh, I, you know, they said, what would you need to do that? I said, could you give me um, note cards, which describe each character and note cards, which describe the main scenes that are going to be the big, the big act set pieces. And the overall story, they sent me all of the artwork, all the uh, production artwork as they were designing things. I had this whole book of stuff that I could look through. If I wanted inspiration, I could look through all of this. And it was basically like writing an opera, you know, to something. And uh, it was so fun and freeing just to go ahead and write whatever you wanted. And we went over to London, recorded it at Abbey Road. And we had this, it was just this incredible experience of like, okay, now we're going to find out how much of this actually works in the movie right. that, they, that they shoot. So uh, I think in the end, 75% of it worked. And 25% of it, we went back and, and scored uh, traditionally. Like mm-hmm. I get the picture and I would score it to picture. But 75% of it was from the stuff that we recorded from that initial run, which that's, was crazy. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And the Wachowskis take the music in their films very seriously, yes, don't they? Yes, it's they a big do. Deal. Yes, yes. I love the um, the soundtrack to Cloud Atlas. I yes, know, I know Cloud, Atlas was, Cloud Atlas was kind of a little bit. Um, it's a crazy movie. Criticized by, I you know, I, th- I thought it was lovely. I love too. it too. So ambitious. And of course, a little flawed, like most films are, but that reach is so ambitious. And they're the best. The music in that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, also, just to touch on the Batman for a second, I don't, Matt, I don't know Matt Reeves, but I read a lot of interviews with him during his process, mm-hmm. and he had mentioned that he listened to Something in the Way by Nirvana a right. lot, which has that, well, obviously features in the movie quite a lot, but has that relatively iconic bass line. This is the crazy thing. So, so that is also part of your yes, music, right? and I... So when I read the script, I had no idea that that song was going to be used. And I am embarrassed to say I did not know that song. Uh, I wasn't a big Nirvana fan, yeah. so I wasn't sure about that. And then when we started, when I first saw the cut of the movie, I was realizing, oh, wait, these actually work together really Ooh. well, really well. The they were, they were in different keys, but we had to, once we put it in the right key, it was like, oh, they actually work well together. Yeah. yeah, because Batman has that bum, 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 bum. So it's a different rhythm, but it, it's the same. It fits they in the same way. They complement each other. Yes, they sure. complement each other. So that was like a complete lucky strike. Right. You know, completely lucky on that one. Have, have you been in a situation? I mean, that's obviously not exactly what I was, the, the thing that I'm going to mention now is that have you been in a situation with a filmmaker where they've said, hey, Michael, we really want you to score our film but here's the tonality song that we want it to no. be around. It, does, it doesn't work like that. Generally. Usually those things are happening separately. Right. 
they probably should happen together. It'd be a, a lot more cohesive. Uh, but a lot of times the songs that they pick for movies aren't picked until somewhere Way deep later. into editing or right. sometimes, or sometimes they ha- might have one that they want through the whole thing, but that changes all the times right. because sometimes the mo- the song that they have their, their heart set on is become is way too expensive to get right. Or, you know, not available or whatever, or they come up with a better idea. So it's always changing. Right. So in the scoring side of things, I'm usually sort of apart from all of that. I'm so surprised that they got something in the way by Nirvana because you would assume that's relatively expensive, right? But, yeah, I would, yeah. But the way that it works with it works Bruce, beautifully. you know, because I don't think they've yet achieved, although they did in this particular Batman, the idea of that slight negative, emo, yes. heavy vibe. He's an orphan, but he's yeah. a billionaire. He gets looked at in the streets. He's kind of an unwanted kind of celebrity of yep. sorts he's got a lot of self-loathing as we know with Kurt Cobain and a lot of the music that he had written because of his mental health there is issues with fame there is issues yeah. with feeling worthless and stuff like that and that it's it's one of the I said to Billy before he watched the film I said I'll try not to spoil it for you but I said it has one of the greatest needle drops in recent memory of it a does. movie just that start of that nirvana baseline is so good it's great and the pushing of the little boy because obviously he's seen what's happened at the start of the film yep and you see bruce watching him thinking i watched my parents yeah die in a violent way i'm that kid i'm that kid yeah yeah there's a there's a the thing i love about matt is he's not uh, afraid of bringing in sadness mm-hmm. to something to, 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 to you know to really go after real emotions for something yeah if, even if you watch the planet of the apes movies that we've done together like there's they are littered with sadness, the whole thing. I can, and it's something I love to tap into as well for things because I feel like there's such a connection to people through sadness, through understanding, yeah. through all of that. So I think musically, I tend to do that. Well, I mean, if you just watch Lost, half of that is just all sad. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and a lot of the Pixar stuff. I mean, the, the yeah. profundity of things like Up and Inside Out. Inside yeah. Out, I mean, Coco as well. But I mean, Inside Out, I think, is one of the most sophisticated tellings of emotions to young people you yeah. know the fact that that great messaging inside out that like sometimes sadness can teach us really valuable yes. things about our life is yeah. is it's really not, it's beautiful. not something to push away right you know and, or be scared of because if yes. you're scared of feeling sad and that's going to happen at some point in your yeah. life how do you manage it yes. when it actually shows up i mean as a parent i think the thing the worst thing you can say to your kid is don't be sad don't be sad. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. embrace that sadness and let's yeah. talk about why you feel well, that yeah. way. Exactly. You know, but but everyone's knee-jerk reaction in the world is to don't be sad or a right. kid who falls down and hurts his knee who's crying and you tell the kid, oh, you're fine, you're yeah. fine. It's, it's like, like, don't cry, don't cry. I yeah. had this moment yesterday. Yeah. I took, no, <laughs> I took my dog to the park. <laughs> Your dog cried? My dog get bit by a huge dog. Oh my gosh. Your dog's Basically, tiny. My dog's tiny, he's 12 pounds. And this dog had my dog in his mouth. So I went over and I was freaking out, you know. And anyway, the dog was fine. And well, then, both dogs. Both dogs were fine. <laughs> checking. Then I've got the dog then, who's normally left in the house when I'm out doing stuff. I took him in the car everywhere. Oh. And, and, uh, and I picked up my son at one point and my wife was already in the car. And Jack said to me, why is, why is Bob in? And I was telling him and I said, you know, I'd, I'd, I don't like my family being sad. Whoa. And then I immediately thought of that movie and I said, but don't feel like you can't be sad. Yeah, yeah. I said, you can be sad, yeah. but I'm just going to like 
you know, do everything I can to help you out, whatever it is it's made yes. me sad, make sure you tell me. And I actually had that moment yeah. in the car because of that movie. But yeah. did you notice that yep. was, was Bobby a little traumatised for the rest of the day or was he all right? Maybe I wasn't was you. sure. Maybe because you were traumatised. Yeah. He had a he had a big exercise day. Mm. This isn't about music here, man. No, but I love the Bobby <laughs> It's okay, stars. but maybe you had to embrace he, your sadness. Yeah, I, exactly. I was very, I, he had a big exercise day before he ended up in before this dog's he was mouth. Eating. Yeah. So I don't know if he was just exhausted, but at one point he was on my knees and he just became a dead weight. Oh. I thought this is it. I, I thought he was dead. Oh, no. So I put my hand on his little heart, but it was still going, and I said, Bobby. And he just sat up straight away. Whoa. But I thought he'd, he'd folded into my lap. Yeah, yeah. What a beautiful place to die. That's where I'm going to die, by the way. <laughs> I know you are. In your lap. In your lap. I'm, go I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one holding your yeah, throat. Yeah, you'll be struggling here. Can't wait. Checking your heartbeat. Just to get. Wait, you... wait, wait. I got to understand. Yeah, I got... Right, hold on. What did the other dog Questions. owner, how did they react? Yeah. Right, he's so, hungry. He's hungry. Don't yeah, worry. He's yeah, hungry. Exactly. I hadn't been to this. Um, I hadn't been to this dog park for a while, and now it's sort of been overrun by dog walkers. So oh. there's a dog walker, and there's another dog walker who goes there who I love. She's a wonderful lady and looks after. Um, I say that as if she's a hundred years old. Mm. She, you know, she's just a woman kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, she looks after Bobby sometimes when we're out of town, and she said that this dog walker sometimes isn't keeping a good eye on oh. his dogs and, and uh, this dog was becoming more aggressive over the weeks she'd we'd eaten that. a couple of chickens a rabbit <laughs> a, a gerbil <laughs> was getting ready for a dog it was ready for a terrier can i tell just give you a piece of advice Go if on, it happens then. again if that big dog yeah grabs hold of bobby yeah. in his mouth what you need to do okay is lick both your fingers and shove them up in the big dog's taters yeah because he can't have an animal in its mouth while fingers are going up its bottom. Yeah, so it's going to release the animal. You promise me that you'll do that. It might time. turn on my hand, though. It might, <laughs> might break your fingers off. Or <laughs> might be your best friend. We might fall in love. Exactly. You never um, know. To get back to music, <laughs> please. Now, I'm, I, I, this could be different in every, everything that you do, uh, but what is the process normally for you of the actual melody chords orchestration do you do all of that or do you get a melody and a chord structure and you say okay that's good let's send that to them i'll do the rough or orchestrations of all of it like i'll do these you know uh, that because what you have to do also is you do what they call mock-ups you know uh -huh. so i can do a mock-up on the computer of what it's going to sound like uh, and that way you can show the director what, what it's going to be like against picture and all of that. So to do that, you know, you're using strings, patches, and all the kinds of things like that. And horns. Or yeah, horns, woodwinds, piano, harp, whatever it is. So I have a whole setup that has all of that stuff at the ready. All you have to do is choose which one, and then you can play the piano, and that's the sound you get. And if you don't mind me asking, yeah. how, do you, how do you write harmony and orchestration for different instruments? Do you do that? The reason I'm asking is I asked Howard Shore once, and he's he's he says, "Look, I'm old school. I sit with a piece of paper, yeah, and that, and that to me would be like somebody saying, build uh, a spaceship and go to the moon.' <laughs> yes, I, it is a bit like that. I it enjoy is. music, but I have to work it out right from my gut. I yes. can't sit and say." Okay, theory, this is, like yeah, theory, all the, yeah. do you do all I that? I used to do a lot more of that, uh, but now it's all, you know, you can, the computer has basically replaced paper, you okay, know? Yeah. So you can, they have, you know, notation programs, so we do it on a, 
on a program called Sibelius is where all the final sort of orchestration is done. Right. I do all my writing in a program called Digital Performer. And that's where it has all those tracks. So that way, when I hand that off to the orchestrator, he's already knows, okay, uh, the strings are doing this, the woodwinds are doing this, uh, brass is doing this. You've already Perc done all that. I've already done that. And it's up to them to then tie it all together, finesse it. They might, you know, they have to also, it's a lot of detail work, yeah. which is incredible. All of the articulation. So what I'll do is I'll write on top. I'll give notes on top. Okay, this is legato. These strings are playing this way, that way. They're crescendo into this. This is loud. This is, this is you know, piano. This is forte. Mm -hmm. All of those things. I write all of that in there. So they have a, a perfect guide for what to do. Um, and I happen to work with one of the greatest orchestrators on the planet. His name is Jeff Cricka. And he is like just, he's magic. This guy is magic. He can do anything. And there are times if you're really rushed, I could say, Jeff, I just wrote the bare bones to this. Um, I need you to fill this out and, 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 and here's exactly what I want. And he can do it in two seconds. And Jeff's an amazing composer in his own right too. Like he can do that as well. But it is a, a team effort without a doubt, you know, uh, getting everything down. I can do all of that. And also the other nice thing about having it that way is when the director comes in and checks it out, if there's something that they're not feeling right about, we can explore it. I can go, okay, let's change it. And I'll change this. I'll say, okay, well, instead of maybe what you're feeling is that this instrument's giving too much of something and let's change it into something like this right in front of them. And then they can go, yes, that Amazing. works. That's as opposed nice. to waiting, like I like to do all of that ahead of time as opposed to doing it on the stage. Because mm -hmm. then yeah. it's a mess, you know, and then yeah. you're, you're okay. And you can do it and I can change things very easily on the stage as well. Just a much longer process. Yeah, it's yeah. longer. And you're like, okay, you guys play this. You don't play this. Play this instead of that. And you're like passing out new parts and all of that right. stuff. So, so you're kind of back to that piano lesson where you've got the melody, but yes. well, I'm changing what's going on underneath. Exactly. And yes, to, exactly. And that will give you whatever feeling that you're yeah. wanting or a director's wanting. Yes, exactly. Yep. God. Before Billy's son, who's 16 now. 16. Was born, Billy and I think Ali was, was your girlfriend at this point, not right. even your fiancé, not even your wife, certainly. Mm. Billy and I went to see Op oh. at a cinema in Westwood have you ever seen me cry that much watching I, a movie? Honestly. So it was Billy. In the, <laughs> it was Billy in the middle. Yep. His wife to his right, me on the left. And I don't generally cry this much in the movie. I was doing that, like catching my breath cry, like yeah. <laughs> try to like <laughs> yeah. catch my breath. And Billy looked over me a few times and just coming, you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm okay. But for so, an hour after. I mean, well. I was devastated watching that film. Yeah. And a huge part of that was the song mm -hmm. and that particular song that you wrote, which we touched upon at the start of the interview has taken on this life, <clears throat> excuse me, of its own. I follow a lot of, uh, positivity kind of, uh, social media sites. Yep. There's a guy called tanks, good news. That is just good news that you yeah. find around the world. He puts up, or there'll be clips of little kids doing something great or soldiers coming back from, you know, service and all this kind of stuff. I would say, at least 60 to 70% of the time, it's that oh, iconic really? song from Up. So you should probably be getting money for this, Michael. But <laughs> if it's all right with you, and you've probably been asked this question so many times, but when you sat down to create that beautiful, simple piano song, you obviously knew the story. You knew what yes. was, was yeah. going on. How did, you, how did you kind of decide on this, this melody? Well, that one if I recall correctly, happened in the shower and not at the piano. Wow. Uh, 
that was what I had seen the movie and I've been thinking about it. And Pete Doctor and I had a discussion. And Pete was like, it'd be great if it felt like it was like a music box sort of a melody that yeah, you could hear. And, yes, and, and you remember. And it's just sort of like, and we also knew that we wanted some sort of waltz that felt like a, a couple's dance. Um, but I remember being in the shower and that melody was in my head. And I remember thinking like, oh, I should go write this down. Uh, and then I th that said to myself, well, I'm not going to write it down. If I remember this tomorrow, then maybe that's a good sign. So I just let it go. I let it go. And then the, uh, the next day I was like, all right, I was back up at the office. I was like, let me see if I can remember this thing. And I did. Wow. And I thought, okay, that's a good sign. So if I remembered that there, then, then that's, that's maybe that's, I'm onto something. Mm -hmm. There was a, an, another version of that melody that happened first, or maybe it was born out of this, but cause you don't always just nail it right away. And you're just sort of like, but, but the bones were there. And out of that came that theme. And I remember uh, playing it for Pete and he was like, yep, that, 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 that's it, you know? And it's when we recorded that, on, we recorded that on the Warner Brothers, the uh, soundstage, the, the Eastwood scoring stage, and um, which is where they recorded tons of Warner Brothers cartoons and all this stuff, which is great. It's got a great history to it. But I remember when we recorded it, so for the first time we're doing that scene, it's one of the first scenes we did, um, when the when the scene was over, everyone was just crying. Like Ooh. everybody, like the musicians were crying, the director, the producer, all of us were in the booth crying. Everyone is just sort of like, okay, let's do it again now. Yeah. <laughs> to do it again. Was this the opening? The the the, the whole montage. The montage. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the first things montage. that we recorded because we wanted to make sure that that it was working and all of that and that everything was doing what it needed to do. But even then, you know, because. Not think about these guys that have been working on this film. You know, they had been working on this film probably five years mm. you know, by that point. Mm. You know, uh, at least so. So so when you hear something that connects like that, you're not only thinking about what's happening in that movie. You're thinking about what, what you went through. You mm. know, in the last five years sure. of your life and how hard these things are to make and everything you do to kind of to get to this point. So it, it, all these emotions come up with music. It's such a weird thing. It can trigger you in so many different ways. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and like you had said, that melody is everything that you guys tried to achieve. I, I love the idea that you mentioned a, a music box thing in terms of it, it builds. It starts yeah. off just a little slow in its timing and then it kind of builds up to this waltz thing. But this, this idea almost that there's something not quite fully realized about yeah. it at first and then the melody kicks in and in the same way that the, the major characters' lives kind of start a yeah. little, they're not quite there yet. They're kind of a couple, they're figuring stuff out, and then, oh, it builds. They get married and they have yeah. this life. And my God, I yeah, mean, it's, what an well, incredible... And so I you think, won an Oscar for the score of Up, right? Yes. But it, it, yeah. More than anything else, do you think it was probably driven by that particular melody? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, that that I think it was really that scene, that married life scene. Yeah. Because yeah. the thing about that scene is you watch it and you're like it it it, it it's everything in your life. It's it's everything you will go through in your life. Mm. And some of those things you may have gone through already. Mm. Some of those things are things you're you, going to yeah. go through, you know, and it's and it's perfect. just that mm. whole sort of um that incredible tapestry that is that is sort of suggested by that by those scenes is you know, we can all relate to that. Yeah, we can all sure. relate to that. My son has a, as, as well in his class, he was supposed to do some 
piece of movie making mm-hmm. this year and his first choice although it became too much for him was <laughs> to try and do a live version of that montage really oh, wow. yeah wow. yeah that was that's the, ambitious when someone said what are you going to do this year that's what he said wow so i mean it's touched so many people at uh, every level of age and as you say because you're at one level yeah you know, he might have been falling in love with someone at that mm-hmm. point and just related to that. Exactly. Or, you know, and you're getting old and probably what won't make mean? up. I'm not just saying. <laughs> yeah, no. Now, Oscar night, because Billy and I, were waiting for our Oscars. They're in the mail, they said, right? They're I think so, yes. Yeah, they're coming. Next I'm couple sure weeks they're, or so they're on the way. But Oscar night. <laughs> yeah. Is, is Everyone talks about this idea of, you know, as soon as you hear your name, the, the next kind of five minutes of your life is a little bit of a blur. It's a daze. Did that happen yeah, for it you did like because that? I remember I walked up. I think I went to the wrong spot, too. Like, okay. I didn't even know what was going on. And right. they were, like, pointing this way. Oh, I'm over here. Okay. Right. And going up there. And I remember I didn't prepare anything to say. Um, I was sitting alongside, you know, uh, James Horner. Uh, Hans Zimmer, uh, <laughs> you know, these guys who are just like incredible and, and, and heroes in different ways as well, sure. you know, uh, especially James, you know, uh, who, who sadly passed away. But um, growing up, listening to their stuff and you're sitting in this row and you're like, all right, this is just fun to be here. That's yeah, great. Yeah. And then you hear your name, you're like, wait, okay. As you're walking up there, and I probably why I didn't go the right way because I was thinking you have to say something. You have to say, what are you going to say? And all I can remember was that you know, my parents were always incredibly suge- um, supportive of whatever ridiculous, crazy thing we wanted to do. You know, like they were, they were, they were both teachers and they were both the kind of people that like when I said, well, I want to make movies and they were like, oh, I don't know how to do that. But my dad would be like, here's my movie camera and I'll get you film and we'll <laughs> figure it out. Great. You know, um, so no matter what it was I wanted to do growing up, they were just always encouraging uh, which is which which I am forever thankful for because yeah. the idea of just being encouraged, especially when you're being encouraging about creative things. Yeah, <clears throat> most people are like, get out there and play football or baseball, and that's yeah. that's it. Get a job. Yes, get a you know and all of this and yeah. you know and, and if you mention art in any fashion in many households in this country, it's just like you you can't make a living doing art. Yeah, you know it's always like talking down to it and always putting it in a position of that's something you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Do this other thing, which is more mm-hmm. sensible. You know, mm-hmm. uh, my parents were the opposite of that. Right. They were just like, this is, so I remember I had friends who growing up, whose parents would tell them anytime they wanted to do something creative or artistic, they would tell them it was a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Why are you doing that? It's a waste of time. A you know, you're shame, just drawing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It, it is, is absolutely. Um, but I remember just saying that, um, just recounting that story, you know, quickly mm. on stage and saying, you know, and if you're a kid who's creative and you want to do something, do it. You should yeah. do it. You know, uh, it's it's not a waste of time. Right. I think any kind of art is not a waste of time. No, it's an exactly. expression of yourself. And you you'll know? end up with an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, guaranteed. Guaranteed. <laughs> and it, that's the thing about art, isn't it? And being creative, even if it, it leads to none of that, yeah, it's a, you are still, I mean, sitting in the house and playing a piano or yes. picking up a isn't guitar. Isn't it great? Or your doing brain. a paint. Yes. What's going on writing in your brain? Writing a poem. It's great. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's that's what it's all about. It's just this being in touch with yourself yeah. Yeah. creatively and sure. just putting that time into enjoying something in a very peaceful manner. Yeah. You know, I love the fact that you're saying that you, you look at these positive 
things that you're into positivity mm-hmm. and all that because so much of this ridiculous world is the opposite of that. Yeah. And so much social media, unfortunately, is that's yes. the reason why, why I jumped off Twitter. I was on Twitter for a while and then I, I started to connect to the fact that it seemed like the dominating narrative of Twitter was one of a slightly mean, yes. gossipy classroom. And yeah. I was like, I don't want to be around people like just knocking other people's lives or, or criticizing people. Yep. And then what I realized with Instagram, if you want, Instagram can just be a place where you post a photo or post a video and you can disarm comments and that's it. You're just saying, hey, here's something I saw or something I liked yep. and check it out. And then I started to realize that there are, uh, there are a bunch of people trying to change that, neg- that um, narrative on social media of like, this can be a place to come if you are feeling down and maybe you want to see fluffy dogs or yes. funny kids or yes. people being silly. You know? yes. um, I did want to just very quickly ask you because you were talking about sitting next to uh, Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. If if someone out there listening to or watching the podcast were to say were, were to ask you, what would be three amazing scores in movies that you could go pick up that are a great kind of learning experience for someone that might want to do this for a living? What what are the standout ones for you? I would why, say why three, Dom, why three? Well, I like the number three. <laughs> right, three. Would you prefer it's, five? It's, it's the rule of threes. The comedy <laughs> yes, comedy the rule of threes. Yes, yes, that one's going to be funny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. I'll try and make it funny. Uh, well, I would say number one, there's too many to list here, yeah, so my, course, my head explains, but one of the ones I go to right off the bat is uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Okay. Maurice Jarry, who who wrote that uh, score, and if you watch that, it's like a a masterclass in scoring. Right. It's incredible in thematics, in in tone, in emotion, all of those things. It's it's just such an incredible uh, piece of work. I love it so much. Okay, Lawrence of Arabia one. Okay, number two, I would say would be um, Planet of the Apes, the original one. Mm-hmm. You know, to show you that it doesn't always have to be traditional what mm-hmm. you're doing. It can be something. You know, emotion can be evoked by me knocking on this table or 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 hitting something against the wall or doing crazy things. And Jerry Goldsmith, when he wrote uh, Planet of the Apes, listen to that score. It is incredible. And it is nothing that you would expect. You know, it's all weird, yeah. crazy stuff. He would he did what they call prepared piano, which is you put screws in between strings, you put pieces of wood in between ah, things. Yeah. So when you hit oh. it, it suddenly sounds crazy and different. Yeah. Uh, or you can just pluck the strings inside the piano, things like that. And he had all these crazy ideas that he brought to that picture, which I thought were just incredible. And I remember as a kid hearing that and just being like, what is that? Yeah, what cool. is that sound? You know, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so you have that. And so that's then, an, you've got a nice cross section there because you've got epic, classic, yes. and then you've got kind of experimental new wave. Yes. And then you've got one one left now, Michael. You're I trying. know, I know. And I feel like I should do something that is like, you know, <clears throat> what's the third compliment to that, which would be, yeah. but I'd be reaching. If you, I, should, you should pick one of yours, to be honest. Yeah. I, I no. would. So, I would so if so I'd written one of them, I'd pick it. Yeah, I would too. But. I would say uh, growing up listening, this is not a particular thing, but, but just growing up listening to Disney movies Ooh. is like a crazy, Disney also had a huge importance, you know, uh, put a huge importance on all of their movies, you know, from Bambi, guys like um, uh, Oliver Wallace, who wrote uh, Peter Pan. That's one of my favorite scores Ooh. ever. Ooh. That original Peter Pan score. Yeah. Check that out. Cause that is just, it's beautiful. Um, also, uh, Frank Churchill did Bambi. I mean, all these guys that 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 wrote during that time, mm. they were incredible musicians who were just trying to make a living, just trying to you know get by. 
but there's this incredible wealth of music in the entertainment industry and it's and you could spend years sifting through all of it and yeah. it's all great poltergeist oh spielberg right uh yeah well yeah well toby hooper and then eventually i think Steven took over. Yeah. Uh, I don't know exactly what the story is behind that, but yeah, Steven Spielberg produced for sure. And, uh, but Jerry Goldsmith did that score and that's an incredible, Okay, Jerry Goldsmith's amazing. Like, yeah, I love I it. I remember that score. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I don't you hear it, yeah. Carol Ann's theme, the little girl, la, yeah. la, 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 You know, that scary kind yeah, of, with all the kids singing. It's kids great. being scary in horror films. Really. Oh, it's the best. It, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. I can't do it. Yeah. I'd also like to throw into the ring. Hold on. Because I very often listen to it when I'm falling asleep No at one's night. asked you. And it gi <laughs> it, this, gives, this gives you amazing <laughs> dreams, like really Ooh. amazing dreams. If you're looking for amazing dreams. Okay. The soundtrack to The Hours, Philip Glass. Oh, Philip Glass is amazing. Very cyclical. Yes. Builds on its own kind of legend and yep. and kind of takes you in strange places. But it's this idea that, because Philip Glass is big on that, right? He oh, kind of yes. Very creates much. creates a melody it. and then yes. builds on top of it. And it's a very again. meditative kind yeah. of listening experience, right. which I love. Yes. Yeah. He was yeah. a taxi driver, Philip Glass. I know, isn't that crazy? Isn't that and crazy? he's like, 80 some now you know i got to i got to meet him and wow. and spend time with him it was it was so incredible just to you know he's such an incredibly nice interesting person yeah he's 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 great billy and dom eat the world well should we eat the world do, do yeah. you want to eat yeah, yeah, let's, let's do it our let's producer we johnny eating? well our producer johnny clues has actually over the last few months or so been making his own three homemade hot sauces. Oh. And we've been saying to him, but not hinting to the audience, John, if you get to a point where it's good to go and ready to eat and yeah. taste it, we've got to have it on Billion Dom Eat the World. So this is the first of John's it. homemade delicacies. Wow. Yeah. This is the first? Well, he, so. has, well he did yeah. make, well, he, he made well, us he a, 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 a tuna casserole. <laughs> Tuna casserole, right. But, but that uh, came from somewhere you know, else, came right? from somewhere else. Yeah. Not, but this is John at the top of his game, creating apparently one of the greatest sauces known to mankind. Yeah, uh, we'll does see. he have a name for it? I don't know. We'll ask him when he comes in. He's been, he's, he's been I'm very, toying um, with the idea of shaders sauce. Oh, yeah. It depends on <laughs> That's what actually pretty like. good. Isn't it? Well, yes. I, I asked him the other day and I said, shaders <laughs> sauce. I said, well, how does it go in terms of spice? And he was like, yeah. Extra it's spicy shaders. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's spicy shaders. Oh, sounds great. But we've obviously got a mild, a medium, and a hot. Oh, here we go. Oh, this is exciting. Veggie tacos. Okay. Veggie tacos, you say, John? Uh, I also have some chips. Okay. Thank you. And he's going to tell us anything about the... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll do the, you do the veggie do tacos. We'll do the chips, right, Bill? Right, then? Oh, look. No, 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 look there's plenty. Yeah, give it a Come on. Oh, really? All oh, right. God, yeah. I'll, grab, I'll grab one of them because I did yeah. skip lunch, if I'm honest. We'll go mild, medium, hot. So, Johnny uh, yes, the, the rear one will be the mildest. The rear one. The, the, and that's an Anaheim hot sauce, ah, Anaheim so, pepper okay, sauce. Okay, so, Michael, we're going to start with that, Anaheim. Okay. Okay, what Anaheim, I'm going to put some on. Anaheim, Anaheim pepper sauce. You put a little bit over your thumb there, Michael. I don't know if that was intentional. <laughs> don't worry about that. Good job. It's on the, paper it's on the sofa, what, too. That thumb's been part of some amazing oh, cards incredible. over the years. Actually, I'd it's really like good right, right off the thumb. It's great. Yes, yes. I'll put one on a cracker. There you go, Dom. Michael, do you know the soundtrack to The Mission? Yes. That Ennio is, Marconi, yeah. That is a, the greatest. Yeah, one. I mean, that's what I mean. The, 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 it keeps the, going. The well is too deep. Mm -hmm. Vigo Mortensen bought me that once. Did he yeah. ever buy you anything? <laughs> Vigo's not bought me anything. 
he kissed you full on the mouth and bought you gifts. Yeah. He, he once slapped me and kicked me down a pair of stairs. Well, that's, that's hey, better that's, than nothing. That's actually equal. That's pretty good. Yeah. Right. You like oh, Here we actually, go, Johnny. John, I like spice, and I must say, if this is the mildest, there's a little bit of a, a kick. There's a nice kick to that. That's the mildest. Now, what's in that one? That's Anaheim peppers. Uh, Anaheim I believe peppers. I put like onion, whole garlic, some uh, spices, various spices, maybe like parsley, dried spices, and then just a salted brine. And then I fermented it for like three and a half weeks, I think. Really? Weeks. So that tames the, the spice level. John, you need to calm down. Right, hold on. You just need to calm John. down over there because you're getting very excited. Are you having it on its own? Yeah. Mm. Now, are you doing this just for yourself? Are you going to sell these? What's the... Uh, no, it was a COVID project. I was just bored. I'm like, I wonder how hard it is to make hot sauce. That's what we're then, talking uh, about. The it's things... not that hard to... Spoiler alert. No, mm. I think it's amazing that COVID was, in, you know, bad for lots of obvious reasons, mm. but good for digging into things that you've either always wanted to do or something you newly discovered that you wanted to try. And Absolutely. I feel like yeah. there's okay. going to be books written about it, you know, years to come. Did I you agree. do something, Michael? Yeah, what did you get COVID into that was new? I did an album. I, I did. There was a, a crazy album I wanted to do that I never had a chance to do, never had time to do. And I was just, I wanted to do this. You know, you know, in the 60s, they would have this, there was this music, exotic music. And it was basically like what it would sound like to be somewhere else, maybe in the South Pacific or somewhere. But right. it was very sort of um, thematic and it had lots of percussion and all of this cool stuff. And mm -hmm. I used to love that music. My, we had a bunch of those records when I was growing up. And loved it and i was like i want to make one of those albums one day wicked so and i also love um like radio theater i love listening to you know old radio shows and stuff like johnny dollar and things like that mm -hmm. the shadow um so i thought maybe i could mix those two ideas together so i did sort of this science fiction story about someone who visits earth and what that experience was like and then each track was sort of a different chapter in that story brilliant yeah so i did that and put that out through mondo what's it called it's called uh it's it's called uh, oh Jesus! So many jobs you do. So, sorry, so man. many I jobs. I, I had six movies this year. I honestly, I didn't, I didn't know that one was going to stump you. What is the name of your album? I, I honestly didn't think that was going to be a difficult one. It was only because I wanted to listen to it on the way home. It was uh, the uh, maybe uh, the listeners can wait, tell wait, us. No, Send I, us in. Answers I bet, on the I bet John yeah. could find it. Yeah. Here we go. Let's do it right here. Right. Yeah, this is great. This is embarrassing. Let's get into the second down. source. Yeah, but we talking. have to score the first one. Oh, no. Well, we score all three. They're no. separate. But we can't do scores for all. That'll take about three and a half but hours. But if we score, if we score I'm just all doing, three as well. That's what? why. I was like, because uh, it's it, 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 Travelogue, volume one. Travelogue, volume one. I yes. have to say, it's been a while. So. I have to say, William, I absolutely disagree that right, we let's used to. Let's do it then. Let's, let's score, score the first one. Right. Flavor. So, we, Michael, we score oh. we score these things based on three different categories: flavor, the the aesthetic, and mm -hmm. usefulness, which was a Billy uh, category. So, aesthetic so, meaning the color, the, the look, the, okay. the vibe. So, mm -hmm. the, you know, so flavor. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give mine a six out of ten. I'll give it a seven out of ten. Yeah, I'll okay. give it a like. I'll go seven out of ten. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Aesthetics is a nice color. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Yeah. It looks as if like Catch blood up. has been uh, mixed with piss. <laughs> I'm giving it a 
<laughs> high score then. I'm coming out here at 10. Yeah. It gets an 11. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. And then usefulness. I mean, it's a hot sauce. Do you know what I mean? Actually, like, that'd, oh. be, that'd be great on scrambled eggs. Oh, absolutely. Scrambled yeah. egg. Yeah. You can put it into all sorts of cooking. Yeah. You can take it with you to a cafe. I'm, I'm giving it an eight and a half out of 10 then. So am I then. Right. This is the slightly hotter one. What do we call it here? Oh, oh. I'll give you, it's a little, it's, so that will be the hottest one. Hold on, I'm going to oh. stop you, Johnny. Hang I'm going to stop Michael you. Needs right. Michael needs to give it a score oh, on oh, how God. useful it is. Oh, and how useful? Yeah. Uh, it's an eight for me because yeah, yeah, it's quite I'll useful. put it on anything. Right. This is the this is the medium one. That's the meme. That's my Talk favorite. Hot sauce. I wouldn't say it's medium. It's probably like a medium. It's like a hot medium. Buffalo Wild Wings. How do you I, decide? Well, that's what, like, Dom's the, a hot how are you medium. deciding Thank like you. the hot scale? Do you actually like oh, well, what's <laughs> because the raw habanero is like obviously very hot because yeah. it's habanero, but the mango kind of tames it by mm -hmm. you know putting in like half a mango into that, but it's a little bit more fruity, which complements oh, the habanero, which kind of has a fruitiness to it. Buffalo of. Wild Wings, which I should not be advertising on the show, but I'm going to do it anyway. They do a whole slew of flavors with their wings and they do a cauliflower wing if you're a vegetarian and my favorite flavor that they do is mango habanero john really so, yeah it adds up here you go michael you, okay. you kick that off all right oh i'm exhausted right here we right go. here we go right. nobody panic uh, this pass that over here this one's it's a sneaker this one's different it's a sneaker it's a sneaker, it's a sneaker. It's a sneaker is it okay let's see put a little bit on that come on squirt, squirt your sauce on my veggies oh, you take. Like that. <laughs> and then a bit, a bit on your chips. Right there. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy that. Lovely. Here All we right. go, Johnny. Okay. So if I'm gonna have it just on a on a chip version oh, stuff. Mm -hmm. mm. Oh, it's hot, all right. Oh, I like it. Are you all right? It is magnificent. Oh, that is I love hot. that. That's mm. amazing. That's medium. My god, the hot one's really gonna give us a talking to. I um, love hot sauce. I can I love hot I, sauce any too. any any level of it. Um, Same. I want to find ghost peppers because that's like my dream now. Now, do you like grow them? Any of these sauce? yourself? You can grow these yourself. Have are these? Oh, really? Yeah, I, I'm a horrible well, gardener. But if Dom, maybe Dom should grow I some ghost grow peppers. And we can make some too. hot sauce. Out of yeah. It. The uh, my girlfriend Andrea, she had this incredible garden through COVID. She just went garden crazy, mm. and she made this massive garden with uh, uh, tomatoes and all kinds of peppers and all kinds of, I mean, it was incredible. So in the morning, I'd just go grab a bunch, chop them up, throw them in the eggs, and it oh, was, wow. oh. yeah, so now she doesn't want to continue doing it because it's so much work. It's work. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot of work. So it's, it's you know, so maybe yeah, someday. I tried growing a few things. All of them died, unfortunately. I'm yeah. so sorry it's, about it's that, tough. Right, now let's score it. So flavor, aesthetic, flavor, aesthetics, and usefulness. Flavor, I prefer that one to the mild one. I'm giving that, John, a nine out of 10. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I'm giving you. it a nine. It's mm. a good, it's a, it's a solid nine as yeah, well. Yeah, Michael. Absolutely. A nine, nine across the board. Yeah. Right? yeah. Wow. Wow. The look, Honored. I prefer that look to the medium one. It's It's got a kind of a tangerine type vibe. Which one is it? Yeah. This one, the one that's slightly oh, open. Yeah. I'm going to give it. I'm gonna give it an eight point five for the for the, the look. and it will sneak up on you oh, on the because that doesn't look hot. No, no, I'm gonna, it's innocent. Yeah. I'm gonna give this look a ten because oh. when you when you when you Ooh, brought it in, when you brought it into the room, I looked at that one. I was like, that's the one I want to try because I don't know. It looks like it has a creaminess to it. Yeah, it looks, yeah, it looks like it's great. It. Will yeah. I? I'll give it a, a nine point two. These are high, John. High I'm, scores, I'm impressed. Johnny. I mean, that is the one I use most yeah. at home. Oh, it is. As you can obviously tell, because the Anaheim one has nothing missing. So, what, this, what's the name of this one again? That one's just mango habanero. Mango okay. habanero. But mango. you add the mangoes after. Oh, just that pro tip. You don't add them during the fermentation. I would probably give the name 
like a five. Yeah, the, you need to work <laughs> on the name, John. So I think it needs something more. Well, I may, I, maybe I'll name them after your movies. Oh, just oh movies. Really? <laughs> The Up Sauce. Yeah. The Inside Out Sauce. Turns your haters. Inside Out. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys, if there's any families listening. Uh, so, uh, usefulness. Well, it's the same as any other hot sauce. You put it in your scrambled eggs. You put it in your rice dishes. Yeah, I'm, get, I'm giving it a nine. I would Throw it on anything. Maybe even more because it's got I that. I put it on my sandwiches. I'm going to go nine yeah. out of ten. This is, guys. Right, so yeah. now this is the last one, John. Is that Yeah, that, that one's right? probably my second favorite, but this it's going to be a little bit hotter because there's nothing to cut the it with. Now, do you think you should be telling us which is your first favorite and I know, second I favorite? Like maybe. I wait, but I, I, can't I don't know. That. I feel like yeah. you're. Oh, you're, now what's the name of this one, John? That's just, you know, another really unique name. It's just called habanero hot sauce. So this is no mango. <laughs> no mango. That's so, what you could call so, it. No so, mango. No. Michael? No mango. Yep. Thank you. I'm just going to try this simply on a chip. Oh, it's hot. Oh, it's hot. I wouldn't well, say it's hot. any hotter than the mango habanero. To be that? Honest, Michael. Throw that on there, Tom. I'm just going to. Yeah, just on that. And then well, in there, that, no? It's not that hot. I'm not, I want it on I'm there. not ghosting you, honestly. Right, come on, give us that. I mean, it's hot, but I don't, it's not hotter than the mango one. Mm. I did learn that like it's really you, good. Like, it keeps fermenting when it's in those bottles, yeah. so it's like every you know day it's essentially getting milder and milder. So oh, it's, it's like really if you straight up, milder. it probably would have been a lot hotter. Than so what's the shelf get... life of like at what point? I'm pretty does sure it's it... like almost I'm not a lifetime, but it's a long time because of fermentation. Is, it's almost like honey, where it just prevents it from mm -hmm. going rotten or anything. I believe. Let's see. Just maybe give your T-shirt a dusting down because you're covered in crumbs like an old man that's lost his mind. Some of that's dandruff. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Some hairs. Just the bigger, a little. The bigger pieces. It's Just, Bob's hair. Yeah, Lovely. some of that. Oh, poor Bob. Lovely. Mm. Right, jo hey, Johnny. That's hey. nice. And I just touched my nose and my nose oh, is burning. Don't, ooh, don't touch your eyes. eyes. Yeah, no, don't touch your eyes. Mm. That's really good. Mm. John, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, that feels like a very good, like, um, everyday... Hot sauce. Mm -hmm. yeah. That one's. That's why half of it's missing. I'm putting some more of the mango one on my taco to finish yeah, off. Yeah, belt some in mine as well. Was Tom, would you? Right, should we give the final one some scores? Yeah. Mm. Well, we should have did the the mango one last. We should have. See, it was the best yeah, one. because it's that's disappointed me now. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that third sauce was yeah a distinct disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. You could call it distinct disappointment sauce. That's a good name for it. Good it was, name again. Good name again. Remember we were talking about sadness? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it feels uh, had a wave of sadness. <laughs> Definitely in a minor key. <laughs> no, it well, was actually really good. Let's, um, <laughs> let's score it in that case. Billy, you kick it off. Start well, on the low end. Of I, I, no, I, it's still very good. And if it was the first sauce, it would have been a high score. It's not. It's the last sauce. Keep that <laughs> so, in mind. Right. It's Six out of ten. Then. Six out of ten. Yeah, it's not as good as the mango one for me. I'm going to give it a seven point five. I, I was just going to say seven point oh, five. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, must be seven point five. And yeah. now, Dom, how does it look to you? Which one is it again? It's this one. It's the one closest to this me. This one. That one. It's all right. No, it's so, well, it's, so, it's sort of in between these two. Right? It feels like. All right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a seven. Yeah. It's a seven yeah. in terms of looks. I'll give it an eight. I think it looks I nice, John. It. Yeah. Is I, it useful? I go. I guess I'd go. 
Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Is it useful? Yep. I mean, is it any more useful than the mango one? I don't think so. I think the only use it has <laughs> is to say that the mango one is it's better. better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's basically yeah. how useful it is. You put it against the mango one and you say it's not as good. It's mm-hmm. the reason the number two was invented. Exactly. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, there we go. <laughs> okay, I'll give it, for usefulness, we'll give it a four. <laughs> I'll give it, I'll be slightly more charitable. I'll give it a 5.5. Michael. Oh, wait, on usefulness? <laughs> uh, I'll give it a, I don't know, six. I mean, you know, yeah, I'll give it a six. John, a success. John, wow. Thank you so much. Yeah. One of it. my favorite billion dumb eat the worlds ever, and my mouth is in fire now. Yeah, they're oh, sneakers. Yeah. It's going to be like, it's the best. Yeah, give it a few minutes, and you're going to be like, woof. Yeah, I love it's that you. feeling. And did you make the tacos too? Yeah, no. <laughs> Those are from Cactus Tacos on Vine. If oh, you're, uh, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait a minute. That, was that free? You don't give free things away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> free ads. Thank you, Cactus um, Tacos. Absolutely delicious, Tom. Well, Michael, it's been fantastic having you on as a guest. Billy oh, and I, well, we're all very aware of just how busy and yeah. uh, in... in um, high demand you are. You said you got five movies coming out this year? I had six, six movies. And then this I wouldn't ask you to name them, Michael, because you didn't even know your <laughs> I, albums. I, I, I believe me, I've already tried this before. <laughs> and I can't, so let me try. Let me try. I'm going to say, all right, Jurassic World. Yes. Dominion. And then uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. Far, far, uh, no Way Home. Um, the Batman. Then Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, Lightyear. Lightyear. And then uh, there's another one, uh, a movie called uh, Next Goal Wins, which is Oh, Tiger's movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. It's a Amazing. lovely movie. I love it so yeah. much. Shot yeah. in Hawaii, right? With yeah, a lot of people that I know from Lost Work. It's so beautiful. Oh, oh cool. Tiger's an amazing filmmaker. Really so Tiger's the best and one of the greatest people. I loved I, I was I got I was so lucky working with I got to work with him on Jojo Rabbit, which oh, was cool. one of my favorite. But, but Hunt for yeah. the Wilder People that uh, he did, that's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's brilliant. I just love that movie so much. So he's so funny, yeah. Tiger. He's yeah. such a funny dude. He's the best. Um Look at the mess you've made. <laughs> You're a disgrace. Well, well Michael, thank, thank you. you thank you for having time. me. This was a blast. This I couldn't was great. believe it when we heard you were coming on. Yeah, we were so Real thrilled, Michael. Thrill. Oh, come on. No, oh, anytime. I'm anytime. S- I'm so lucky that I got to know you during the, um, the making of Lost, because if we'd have asked him at this point, he would have said absolutely <laughs> That is not, not. true. Yeah. But because we got to, got to know you. What was that, 15 years ago now, making Lost? 20 years ago, maybe? Like a, like I think it was 72 years ago now. Wow. <laughs> This is, I, this is yeah. time for the up theme. Yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. You and I first met in 1942, Ooh, was it? Wow. Yeah, no, that was that was an experience. It really was. You yeah. know, that was, a lot of people have said this to me over the years, and I totally agree with it. Because of the way that TV watching has changed now, that we tend to binge things yeah. that are on and something will drop the whole season. Lost, you could make a strong argument to say, was the last show that you had to watch on yeah. that Wednesday night. Because if you missed yeah. it, Later on in the afternoon, someone would ruin the moment for you. And you couldn't wait to get to your group the next day mm-hmm. to talk about it. Right. Wherever right. your group of friends were, whether it was at work or whatever it was, right. you always want I felt like Alias had a bit of that too, but Lost was the king of that. Yeah. yeah. And it's what I love about what Marvel's doing in terms of their shows, the way that they'll put one a week. Right. You know, right. you'll get one a week. So you get to, I think, you know, with my kids when they were growing up, I didn't ever let them binge things. We always had one a week. You know, because they grew up watching like the Brady Bunch and all these things. We do mm-hmm. one week. And I think in that week's time, you get to think about it. Yeah. You know, yeah, and you yeah. get to, as opposed to when you're just eating it like crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. if you were to get baked and eat uh, 30 of those, whatever they called uh, uh, fizzy, fizzy, fizzy sweets. Yeah. Fizzy sweets. Fizzy sweets. You're not enjoying them as much. I yeah. agree. Yeah. 
I was saying to Billy. And also, I, your mind mulls it over. Mm. And and if you watch some of those really old weeklies, the, the end and the start would be kind of different. Yeah. Because your mind would go, oh, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. He wasn't going to go over the cliff. Yes. As yes. much as I thought he was. Yes. 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 No, yeah. I, I think that's a huge thing to be put some space between viewings it's yeah. important yeah. i was saying to billy during covid obviously there's been some crazy things that have happened to all of us during covid and and some hopefully positive things that have happened as well the thing that i am now trying to work at getting back to where it was or hopefully better is my attention span my yeah. attention span took a real knock during Same. covid no reading of books I was watching little clips on YouTube and like you said Michael yeah. I was binging whole seasons yeah. so now I just tend to not lean towards shows yeah. that don't allow me just to go I'm going to watch this for 6 hours and it's done and it's fried my attention span yeah, yeah. So, and it's very easy to do you know mm. and then especially during covid there's also this crisis going on so you're checking all the news and you're always right. looking yeah. at this terrible stuff it's just i think everyone's going through this healing process of getting out of this yeah. what's happened yeah. and what is still somewhat happening you yeah. know to us as well we're just going to have to live with it well so happy to know michael that during the covid experience which was a topsy time topsy turvy time for all of us you were maintaining uh, an amazing artistic integrity yes and, and i was writing an album that films. i couldn't remember the title of <laughs> that i'm going to listen to in the way home brilliant oh, it's been brilliant you having you on michael thank Absolutely. you so much brilliant. anytime hope to come back yeah man oh, yeah. Anytime. Thanks. thank you well dom that was one of the more interesting interviews that we've had with our good friend michael Caccino. um i mean is there anything that you can't do that man musically i think that might be one of the most impressive resumes and if you want to see his resume online check it out but yeah. the the movies that he's worked on in the last kind of 20 years or so and will continue to work on and what a lovely guy as well yeah you know no sort of ego about the whole thing no Amazing. just loves, loves his job works from a place of passion and obviously doing the thing that he's always wanted to do so of course you're going to be a, a happy camper doing that um fantastic thanks for tuning in guys of course as we always mention if you want to get in touch with us we love hearing from you uh you can leave comments on our youtube channel that's the friendship onion at youtube you can also leave questions and concerns and rate and review and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast and if you want to get merchandise and look as cool as dom does this yeah. week with his friendship onion t-shirt you can get that at the friendship yeah and we'll see you guys next week see ya toodles waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.